This broadcast has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com. Well, good morning. I am uh, continuing on in my series through Galatians, and uh, if you have visited with us for the first time today, don't worry, this can uh, stand on its own. But as a preacher, it's always fun to me to figure out what it is that people are going to have as their takeaway. You know, I preach, and I'll, I'll kind of have my plan for what I think I need to share with people, and then a couple weeks later, they'll come up to me and they'll say, I really enjoyed what you had to say about so-and-so. And I'll smile and I'll think to myself, I have no idea what it was that they heard, but I don't think I said that. And then on the other side of things, from time to time, you'll have somebody come up and say, did you say this about that particular thing because it made me so angry? And I'll think, no, I had nothing to do with that, you know? Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, when I was talking about Galatians, about what Jesus Christ can do for us, I said... One of my, my earliest experiences of the Holy Spirit working in my life or Jesus setting me free uh, revolved around the issue of uh, profanity about the words that I was using, how I cussed and how I couldn't stop. And even though, you know, I kind of made myself a plan or promised myself that I wasn't going to do it again, it really didn't have much effect. It seemed like it even got worse. And then God worked in my life in a gracious way and uh, a lot of that went away. I still slipped from time to time. but. Uh, it is one of the more remarkable things that happened. The video today talked about how Christ can set us free from the chains and the burdens of our life, and it's been amazing over the years of ministry how many people I've met that have had those experiences. One of my favorites, or one of the stories that I still remember so clearly was I had a guy who came into my office, and he seemed to be a young man that was you know, right on the right track, everything was going well for him. And uh, I thought we were just going to have a conversation about sports or something. And he said, I really just need to, to unburden my life. I need to share something with you. And he shared, you know, I, I've never forgotten, you know, the most bizarre things came out of his mouth. He had gotten himself tangled up into a really uh, addictive drug. He was in a relationship that was just terrible for him. And um, we got to the end of the conversation. He said, well, well preacher, tell me what I need to do next. And uh, I said, well... Uh, here are a couple things, and I made my suggestions, and he said, no, that really won't work. <laughs> I said, no, it really would. He said, no. I said, well, what do you think I need to do for you? He said, I, you really just need to yell at me. Could you just please yell at me and, and scare me and get me motivated to, to fix this problem? And I said, I, I think right there is your problem. You know? You've been living your whole life in fear and, and terror, and you've been trying to fix that with addiction and, and this relationship, and it's not working. And so today, we have such powerful and great news that we have more than just being afraid or terrified or living our lives based on fear, that instead we have good news, powerful news that can transform and shape our hearts in amazing and wonderful ways. But when we think about how do lives change, how do people break free of chains, you know, over and over again, people come up with that. They say, well, you really just need to scare them. You need to make them afraid. Am I the only one that had parents that loved guilt? <laughs> you know? Uh, and that those are the things that we usually, you know, take out and use in our toolbox. And we say, that, that's really how people are changed. We need to scare them, take away whatever is important to them, punish them do those things, right? And when we read the gospel, it's hard for us to hear because it's so different. 
so different than what the world teaches so oftentimes. And today, I want to walk you through uh, this beautiful passage in Galatians where Paul begins to unwrap this, and he says, this is really how it works. This is really how our hearts and our lives are transformed and changed. And even if you're somebody that you don't have major life change on your horizon, this is a powerful passage, and it will save you a whole lot of blood, sweat, and tears if you will grasp it and get your hands around it. And uh, towards the end of Paul's letter, he's explained how it all, a lot of how this works, and then he gets into a passage that you and I may have learned early on, and it's easily a passage that you're familiar with, but it's one that just tends to slip through our hands. It goes in one ear and out the other, and we don't really pay attention to it the way that we should or that we could uh, experience God in a profound way. And Paul writes, and he says, uh, it's for freedom that God set us free, you know, broke the chain, set us free. And he says, and the, the next question is, what do, we, what do we do about it? You know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus Christ sets us free. If he sets us free, we're free indeed. But how do we stay in that? How do we, you know, Jonathan earlier talking about the sailing ship. How do we make sure our sail is up and that it's well maintained and things are going the way that God wants them to do? And uh, he writes in Galatians chapter 5, Paul does, Verse 16, he says, I say, be guided by the Spirit, and you won't carry out your selfish desires. Right? And it's really important when you, you look at it because he's saying this is key. He's saying, how do you get your life to transform? How do you get it to turn around? How do you experience that? And he says, first and foremost, he says, be guided by the Spirit. Let that be the guide of your life, and that will free you from your selfish desires. Luther, the great reformer, Martin Luther, he said, our human condition is that our hearts are turned upon themselves. Our hearts are turned inward, and he's saying that our selfish desires will take control. Verse 17, a person's selfish desires are set against the Spirit, and the Spirit is set against one's selfish desires. Selfish desires in other Bibles and other translations is translated as flesh, right? Sarx, S-A-R-X, for those of you who are wondering what the Greek word was. Um, And he says that the flesh is opposed to the Spirit, okay? And he's not talking about our flesh, he's not talking about our skin. The best way that I can illustrate it is, uh, I'll grant you, it is a goofy one, but when I, when I read Paul's letter, the thing that comes to mind is uh, those really bad horror movies, right? You know, like Swamp Thing, and in this case, it would be flesh from outer space, all right? It's the flesh that causes people to be engaged in things that are destructive to themselves and others, okay? And the reason I, I lift that up to you is because many times when we talk about the struggles that we have or the problems that we have, people internalize that and they say, I'm flawed, I'm broken, I'm the, I'm the problem. And Paul would point out over and over again, he says, it's not how you were made, it's how you were corrupted. It's what's got a hold of your heart right now, okay? And he says, and if you want to see the evidence of what this looks like, if you want to say, is there really a, a force at work in our lives that we really can't touch or feel or taste, then, then what does that look like? And he gives these words and he says, well, He says, those things that are are produced by the flesh or by the selfish motives are obvious. He says, they include sexual immorality, moral corruption, doing whatever feels good, idolatry, drug use, casting spells, hate, fighting, obsession, losing your temper, competitive opposition, conflict, selfishness, group rivalry, jealousy, drunkenness, partying, and other things like that. All right? And if this is something that you struggle with. If you look down that list and you say, hey, that's, that's my problem, 
um, then you're in good company. You're with the rest of the world, right? And uh, this is something that's going to continue to be present in our world uh, until Christ returns. Uh, and what I want to spell out for you is that, you know, if you've got one of these, then probably one of the others is, is present, but it's just not active. Luther put it as, you know, we all have the seeds of all these sins in the soil of our life. Okay. Y'all look excited about that reality. Um, now, and he says this, he says, I warn you, as I've always warned you, that those who do these kinds of things won't inherit the kingdoms of God. Okay? And that may seem harsh to you. Uh, you might say, well, if that's, that's something that's being practiced in my life, I'm not saying you have one-time lapses or you fall back every once in a while. I'm saying, if this is your habitual practice, if this is something that you're struggling with, then just then recognize and see and just be honest and you say, I don't think this is what God wants for me. God has something better in mind for my life and that I want that to change. And Paul uh, then goes on to say, he says, well, here's the remedy. He says, the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And that's really key. We could stop there and, and talk the rest of the day if we wanted to. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then he adds to it. He says, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against things like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with its passions and its desires. A couple of things about the sentence. It says, but this is the fruit of the Spirit is love. And you would think with all these words that follow it, it would be the fruit of the Spirit are love, right? But he says is. And so what he's pointing out, he's saying all these things are yours. Okay? That when we are following Christ, when, when he's a part of our life, when we're growing in Christ, then all these things can be ours or will be ours in Christ Jesus. That more than just being somebody who's loving yet impatient or somebody who is kind yet lacks self-control, that all these things should be alive within our lives if we're following Christ and receiving what God has in mind for us. Uh, the other thing that I want to point out to you is that it's a beautiful analogy because it's talking about fruit. It's easy for us to relate. Even if you grew in the city, you're aware that fruit grows on trees, right? And that if you plant a tree in the ground and you can do some things to help the tree along, you can water it, right? You can make sure it's in the sunshine. Uh, you can prune it. There are a couple other things that you can do to help the tree along, but at the end of the day, sunshine and water are the two biggest factors in that tree's life. And it really doesn't matter, hear me church, it really doesn't matter if you stand over that tree and tell it over and over again to produce, right? Can you all imagine that? Me out in front of my house, fruit tree, I planted it and watered it, and now I'm standing next to it going, produce, produce tree, now. I mean, the only thing I'm really gonna do is make my neighbors aware of how crazy I am, right? But produce, okay? He's saying, no, that, that's not how things work, that when the Spirit is at work in our life, it's something that God is doing, that God is bringing about, and that, that it's not just a matter of us forcing it by our will, wanting it to go faster, anything like that, but that we trust that God is gonna bring about the fruit in our hearts and our lives. So, when you think about your own life um, and how things are going for you, uh, it may be that you are somebody who has never really looked at this. It may be something that you've struggled with. You know, maybe it's like, like me that I've had struggles with sin in the past that I've really had to pray and ask God to work in my life to change and to move and, and to do things that I never could on my own. 
Uh, or it may just be that you're looking at this list and you're saying to yourself, you know, I don't have God's love in my life. Right? It's just not there. Uh, or you can look at it and you say, I don't have joy. Life is really boring. It's bland. Uh, it's not something that I, I have any fun at. I don't have any joy. And you go down the list, you look at all these things, and this is what Christ is pointing us to. And he's saying, you know, when we have life and we have life in Christ, it becomes life abundant. All right, so that's the scripture. What can you do with it? Why? What should be the takeaway? Well, first and foremost, I just want to point out to you and to say, you know, remember what Paul said over and over again. He said, just focus in on what Christ is doing in your life. Let that be what produces the, the fruit of your spirit and that changes your heart. You know, rather than telling yourself over and over again, I've got to change this, I've got to fix this, I'm not on track to accomplish the things that I thought I should in life or I'm failing as a parent or, or whatever the case might be, over and over again, speak those words that Christ spoke into our hearts and our lives. Remind yourself that you are a child of God. Remind yourself that you are a person of sacred worth, that you matter to God more than you ever imagined, that you are treasured, that He gave His only Son to buy your salvation at a high price, and that you are far more valuable than you ever thought. And that each and every day that you spend time speaking those words of truth over your life, instead of beating yourself up and telling yourself that it's the, today's the day that you're going to make all the changes you've wanted to, right, or fulfill all those resolutions you never got around to, just listen to what Christ says about you and what He, he holds to be true about your life and who you are. And let that bless you and speak to your heart each and every day. The other thing that I encourage you to do is to have a group of people that help hold you accountable to that. You know, we have Sunday school classes, we probably have life groups, and, but at the end of the day, you can just grab a friend and say, you know, I really want to see God work in my life, and so I need you to help me to do that. Uh, one of my most powerful experiences was uh, early on, I had a group that we would meet together, and we would go, and we would go drink coffee, and we practiced what is a good Methodist thing to do. We had grace groups. We would group up, and the whole thing was grace-based, which meant that when I spoke up and I said, you know, this week I really blew it. I really made a huge mistake. I failed. This is not what I think Christ wants from my life. Uh, you know, normal groups, some people would make fun of you. They would say, you know, you've got to really fix this. It's going to cost you. In that grace group, they said, well, do better this week. God still loves you. We still love you. God's going to bring something great out of this, you know. To have a group of people that you can count on that are going to remind you of the gospel and, and tell you that it's not about what you're doing so much as about what it is that God is doing in your life. That can be invaluable to you. Okay. Uh, the other thing I want to point out when we read the scripture is that uh, when it comes to making those big changes in your life or, or seeing God do dramatic things, what I, I want to point out to you is that uh, first and foremost, once again, that scripture, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is is love. So oftentimes when we are trying to change our hearts and or change our lives on our own, we kind of do like I was saying with the tree. We say to ourselves, produce, 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 change, 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 grow, 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 and nothing happens. And what Paul points out, he's saying, but it comes down to what we love that really changes our hearts. Um, I am a, a devoted follower of coffee, right? I love coffee. Early on in my experience as a church, uh, that's where I first experienced coffee, right? 
And um, I would uh, go out to the lobby and they had the, the really bad coffee because churches don't like to invest in good coffee. Not y'all, y'all are great, I'm say, but you know, it was really bad coffee and it, takes, it took a lot of creamer to make it even you know, tasteable. And then later on in life, my dad introduced me to community coffee, which was way better, right? And, uh, and once I'd had community coffee, I couldn't go back to the church coffee. I would just bring my own coffee and chicory. Anybody drink chicory? And then, uh, then later, of course, Starbucks came along and, and life got so much better. And, and I couldn't go back to the old ways of doing things. And I know it's silly and y'all are kind of thinking this is crazy, but at the end of the day, really that's how our hearts and our lives transformed. We move from love to love. That we focus in and we get a taste of God's truth and God's compassion for us and it, it speaks to us in a, in a way that we never imagined possible and then we grow in God's word and we grow in God's spirit and it moves us to another place and then further on down the road we get to a place and we say, I just could never go back to what was because of what I have now in Christ Jesus. And that's what I pray and I hope for each of you when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in your lives, that you, today you got a taste, a small taste perhaps, and that it just continues to grow and to move and transform your heart in mighty ways. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful that more than my words this day, that your Spirit has spoken and instructed our hearts through the gifts of music and praise, and we do hope that you would help us to take time to reflect upon how our lives and our hearts are transformed in you. We rejoice in you, we celebrate you, we thank you because we certainly could not do all this on our own. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. This has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com.